What's going on guys, just another critic, welcome back to the channel, you already know what it is, we're getting into my biggest takeaways from college football's week 11, and as always we start with my upset alert picks from the previous week, which was week 11, four upset alert picks I ran with over the weekend was Baylor at TCU, uh, TCU really should have pulled it off in regulation, just gave up some big plays, some unnecessary big plays, um, and that always seems to happen with Baylor this year. They, they're finding a way to win in tough situations. Um, but TCU held it down for the most part, lost it in OT, and that's just how it played out. K-State at Texas. I kind of talked about this one. Texas was the favorite as as far as the odds makers outlook goes um but just ranked versus unranked opponent this is why i put k-state on upset alert number 16 versus an unranked texas uh k-state just wasn't able to pull it off given they did have some injuries in the backfield at running back um but you've gotta you've gotta be able to win these types of games if you want to continue to climb the rankings moving along i had notre dame at duke this wasn't addressed in my podcast, but this is something that I later added. You can see all my final cuts for my upset alert picks on my Instagram at JustAnotherCritic, as well as my final score predictions for all top 25 teams in action. Uh, I actually got the final score exactly correct for the Georgia game, 27-0. You can go ahead and check my Instagram for all that good stuff. And then my last upset alert pick for the week was Wake Forest at Virginia Tech. And like I said, I didn't voice that one in my podcast or on YouTube, but that was in my final cut as far as my predictions go before the Saturday slate of games started. Jumping into my biggest takeaways, obviously the biggest matchup of the week was LSU at Alabama. I'm not sure there's anything new that we got from that game that we didn't already know, right? Uh, we knew both offenses were high-powered with phenomenal athletes at the skilled positions at wide receiver at running back and that's exactly what we got to see we knew both teams weren't playing very good on defense in my predictions obviously I expected Alabama to show more on defense because they had been trending in the right direction LSU had been playing had been playing very spotty defensively um, and really we didn't see much defense from either uh, either side but at the same time Alabama was getting pressure to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was just evading that pressure. He is an underrated athlete. Um, yeah, he was evading pressure, moving in the pocket, phenomenal footwork, and leaving the pocket when he had to, scrambling when he had to, and just making big plays overall for LSU. With that being said, do I think you knock Alabama out of the top four as far as the college football playoff picture goes? I don't think so. Right now, my college football playoff picture is looking like LSU 1, Ohio State 2, Clemson 3, and Alabama 4. The only way I'm letting, uh, you know, maybe a Georgia in is if they went out win the SEC championship. Uh, because the, the thing is, you've got to decide as, you know, a committee, what is this college football playoff committee supposed to do? What is their job? Is their job to bring in and allow the most deserving team to get in? Or are they trying to get the best team in the college football playoff, that is? If that's the case, I don't know who's a better top four team. Who's Who should take that top four team, uh, that top four spot from Alabama? I don't know if that should be Georgia, Oregon. Are you, are you telling me that Georgia is better than Alabama? Oregon is better than Alabama. Minnesota is better than Alabama. 
I'm not sure I'm confident enough to say that. I'm not sure the committee is confident enough to say that. Or really, if you're just a neutral fan, can you really say that all these teams, you know, outside of the top four are better than Alabama? Right now, essentially, Alabama are, they're probably going to be the gatekeepers, right, of that four spot. And in reality, I'm not sure there's a way in for these outside opponents, not even Minnesota. Minnesota essentially is going to have to win out. You take a look at their schedule. They've got Iowa left, Northwestern left, Wisconsin left, and then they win. If they win out their regular season, 12 and 0, they go to the Big Ten Championship. Guess what? They're going to be playing Ohio State. So they're definitely going to have the opportunities to find themselves in the college football playoff if they can win out and win, win their schedule. But it's definitely a tough journey ahead, um, and it's just going to be something that's going to wear on them, right? Their schedule is no joke to close it out. Like I said, Iowa, Northwestern, Wisconsin, Wisconsin being last, that's going to be a hard-fought game, and then you're going to have to go play Ohio State to get yourself in the college football playoff. So at that point, it's the, it's the battle of attrition. What are you going to look like from a health perspective by the time you get to that Big Ten championship? Because right now, Ohio State... They're able to practically, they killed off Maryland. They're going to get Rutgers. Um, and so then obviously they're going to have Michigan and Penn State late. But I'm not sure those will be big challenges for them as well. So we'll see. There's a lot of football to be played left. But that's my college football playoff standings at this point in time until something on the outside changes or Alabama loses another one. We'll see. There's still a lot of things that can happen and get mixed up. But right now, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Bama. Continuing on in my takeaways, we had a chance to see Minnesota versus Penn State, the second marquee matchup of the weekend. Um, I kind of talked about Minnesota and Penn State as far as Penn State. Do they belong in that top four category uh, in the college football conversation? I think they belong in the conversation. I did not think they belonged at the four spot. Easily... That should have been Clemson's spot, but you know the committee is just going to do what they're going to do. Um, but essentially, it doesn't really matter because, like we talked about, there's more football to be played. Um, but in this matchup, Minnesota versus Penn State, Penn State, man, like I talked about in my prediction, this prediction between Minnesota and Penn State, I talked about how Penn State is very athletic and they've got a lot of speed up front on the defensive front. At the same time, they sacrifice size for that speed and athleticism. And I talked about Minnesota, if they were going to win this game, they were going to have to pretty much dominate at the line of scrimmage, which they did. Um, and we saw that because Minnesota had their way practically the whole first half. Minnesota, uh, Penn State made adjustments in the second half. But overall, that overwhelming size discrepancy between Minnesota's O-line and Penn State's D-line showed in a big way. Minnesota was able to run the ball with a lot of success. And obviously, if you're just a, even if you're just a casual football fan, you know that you need to establish the run in order to open the pass. But in reality, Minnesota really didn't have to establish the run if they didn't want to because they were getting phenomenal pass protection from their O-line. And this Penn State pass rush that just came into the game with so much hype, even from me, right? I thought they were going to have a phenomenal game. They were a non-factor in this matchup because Minnesota's pass pro was just too good. It was just too good. And it was just, like I talked about, a discrepancy of size versus athleticism and speed. And size won in that case, um, in this matchup. Looking at the Penn State offense, Sean Clifford obviously had his worst game of the season, throwing three interceptions 
in critical positions, one right outside of the red zone, one inside the red zone, and one early in the first quarter that was practically a punt, so it didn't have a big impact on the game at that point. But obviously, it's never good when you're throwing interceptions. With that being said, after all those mistakes that he made, they were in position to win the game. Down by one possession, down by one score, right? And the Minnesota defense, while they played good and they capitalized on Penn State's mistakes, they weren't really threatening a whole lot. I mean, there was a lot of opportunities for Penn State, a lot of opportunities for Sean Clifford, inaccurate throws, missed guys in open space. When he was hitting them in open space, they were dropping balls. And so Penn State easily could have won this game by two touchdowns if they made the plays that were there. The difference is Minnesota made the plays that were there and Penn State didn't. Minnesota capitalized on their mistakes. Penn State did not capitalize on their opportunities and they made mistakes, right? But even after all that, like I said, they were only down one touchdown in position to win the game in the red zone. And guess what? Sean Clifford, he let one go. Interception, game over. Now, do I think Minnesota deserves respect? Of course, right? We should put them in the top 10 minimum, at least. Do I think they're a college football playoff contender? Not right now. I just don't think their defense is at a point to where I can put them in the playoff and say, yeah, Alabama, they're going to have a game versus Minnesota. Clemson, yeah, they're going to have a game. I'm not sure Minnesota would really give any of these top four teams, the Bamas, the Clemsons, Ohio States, or LSUs, a great game. Because I essentially see all these teams in the top four running away with the score. I don't think Minnesota could follow them shot for shot, score for score in a shootout. Um, because we saw the Penn State defense. They were they were making plays here and there. And essentially, a lot of the plays that they were giving up were practically busted coverages into open guys. Uh, but I won't take away from Minnesota. They were just doing their job, right? They were, they were just making their plays, they were running their scheme, and they are finding mismatches in the secondary with linebackers, and overall just had a phenomenal offensive game plan and went out there and executed it. Like I talked about earlier, they're definitely going to have those opportunities to prove themselves and put themselves in the college football playoff with the schedule that they have left and then playing who we assume is going to be Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. So those opportunities will be there. We'll see what happens. We'll let it play out. Um, but I think they're a very good team. At this point, I'm just not sure they're a college football playoff contender. Over in the Big 12, we had uh, what I thought was, it just reminded me of Pac-12 after dark, right? We had a late game, Big 12 game between Oklahoma and Ohio, uh, Iowa State. Final score was 42-41, to 41, and I've talked about this in some of my other episodes. We saw glimpses of the old, old Jalen Hurts, right, in this game. Just making errored throws, just making some some dumb throws, like, Throws that should not be leaving his hand, and if they are, they should be thrown out of thrown out of bounds. Um, but his his stats look great, right? So he's good. He's one of the best, right? Because his stats are amazing. That's just not the case for me. I look, I just look for more than statistics, and we know what he was able to produce during his time in the SEC with the same set of wide receivers as Tua. So I'm still not sold on Jalen Hurts. I just think he's in a friendly quarterback friendly uh, system with a great head coach in Lincoln Riley, who's able to make their quarterback make his quarterbacks comfortable. Um, but yeah, came down to a last second two-point conversion that Iowa State wasn't able to convert on. With all that being said, Oklahoma is going to be going to Baylor this weekend, 
and essentially the winner of this game is probably gonna go to the or play in the big Ten, big 12 championship um i'm not sure baylor can do it i just i'm just not sure they can keep up from a you know score for score type of perspective the baylor defense has been playing well but they haven't faced an offense like Oklahoma is going to bring to them come Saturday. That's just a reality. Um, but I'll get further into that game in my college football predictions uh, as we as we get along in this week. Uh, but they did drop a spot in the AP poll. We'll see if they actually fall in the college football playoff rankings, which come out on Tuesday. Over in the Big Ten, we saw Wisconsin take on Iowa, which was expected to be a low-scoring game. Uh, the final was 24-22, to Wisconsin won. My final score prediction was 24-13. to Iowa had a late um, big play, really just threw it up over the top, had a guy wide open, and he went to the house. Uh, overall, a good game. Jonathan Taylor went for 250. Um, Wisconsin still right on the fringe of whether or not they can get into the Big Ten Championship. They're not in control of their destiny right now. They're going to need Minnesota to lose at least one conference game before they actually play Minnesota so they can beat Minnesota, give them that second loss, and then also have the head-to-head uh, in their favor, and which would essentially push them to the Big Ten Championship. We also saw a handful of group of five teams in action over the weekend. Uh, Cincinnati smashes UConn. We saw Boise State get a close win over Wyoming. SMU struggled versus East Carolina in a 59-51 to win. Uh, but yeah, at this point, we don't know who is going to find their way into the New York Six Bowl. It's still up for grabs. Um, outside of that, guys, those are my biggest takeaways from week 11. I will be covering the biggest matchups of the week for week 12, that being Georgia at Auburn as well as Minnesota at Iowa, with both of those matchups having college football playoff implications. Now, with all that being said, I appreciate you guys for supporting the channel. Thanks for following. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for liking. Thanks for commenting. appreciate it all. Um, hope you guys have a great rest of your day, evening, or night. This is Justin of The Critic signing off. Peace. Yeah, stay prepared for the up and down life is like a seesaw.